Wednesday, February 28th. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show. It is great to have you here. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your day with me during my day. An absolutely gorgeous day in San Francisco. I'm going to get outside and do a few things, run some errands and be happy about it. Window down, windows down, errands running. It's my kind of errands. Um, We got uh, a really good show for you right here today, reminding everyone Plus Mania is happening on Sunday. Plus Mania 3, The Revenge, happening at the Halfway Club Sunday, doors at 4 o'clock at the Halfway Club, and we're going to be hanging out in the late evening into the early evening. Who knows how long it goes? Uh, Great food, great friends, great new bar owned by my friends. So come on out, support the channel, support some local business. And, you know, we're keeping it real in a neighborhood called Crocker Amazon. This is locals only, baby. This isn't tourist San Francisco. This is actual San Francisco. So uh, I hope that many of you can certainly make it. We got an awful lot to get into in just the next couple of months. We're going to know an awful lot more about what the 2024 49ers are going to look like. Some big moments are certainly coming up here. There is free agency that follows the decision that needs to be made on Brandon Ayuk, which could be a decision that happens before we even get to the NFL draft. The NFL combine is right around the corner and decisions, decisions all around big decisions coming up for the 49ers. The 2024 49ers are going to be shaped greatly around the decisions that John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Jed York, and company all make in just the next handful of weeks. Obviously, the defensive coordinator vacancy is one everyone is waiting on that answer for. It feels more and more like Brandon Staley might be the guy unless Jeff Ulbrich comes out of nowhere. Uh, it, it, It could still maybe be Chris Kiffin, the Bill Belichick, Hope feels more like hope than a reality. Um, Bill Belichick and the Patriots being scored roughly in the uh, NFLPA grading system. And we'll get into all of that in just a second. But let's get this defensive coordinator position filled. If nothing else, so we can just move on from the topic with an actual answer. That would be great for all involved. Uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, let's be honest. They need to nail this draft. This is a very important draft. This isn't one of those drafts where you have the time two, three years down the road from now, you hope a certain player becomes a certain contributor. They need to walk out of this draft with three ready-to-go week one players. It really feels that way. They need an offensive lineman who can play and can really contribute right here and now. A defensive lineman who can play and really contribute in 2024. Then you're talking corner. Maybe you're talking wide receiver, but I don't think so because I just think that Brandon Ayuk is a guy who, if there were... Brandon's got to go because we can't afford him anymore. Well, the salary cap just went up $30 million, and that needs to be able to address the Brandon Ayuk problem more than moving on from Brandon Ayuk, I think helps the 49ers be a better football team next year, even with all the salary cap math that they would do around that or whoever they would be able to add and move up in the draft to get. Like Brandon Ayuk, 
this guy is just his effect on the offense, I think, is more significant than anyone really wants to admit. Not only are you greatly, obviously, affecting a passing game if you remove the first back to back thousand yard wide receiver that this team has had in like forever, but I think you greatly affect the running game and you greatly affect Christian McCaffrey's effectiveness because he's that involved as a downfield blocker. He is everything that Kyle has wanted to coach into a wide receiver. He finally has it now in Brandon Ayuk. So please get that deal done. And this is going to sound a little crazy. One of the most important things that needs to happen here is Kyle's getaway time. Kyle Shanahan needs a vacation, folks. He needs to get away from all of this. The pressure that the 49ers are going to be under in this upcoming football season is going to be even greater than the pressure that they faced last year. Like I said, there's no room for any regression. The mandate is win the Super Bowl. Losing the Super Bowl or anything less than that will be seen as regression. So the pressure couldn't be bigger for Kyle and company. And he seriously, he needs to get away. He needs to reset, recharge his own battery. He's got to walk away for just a little while and do something other than think, eat, breathe, and sleep football. We talk about, you know, mental health, blah, 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 blah. Are we blah, blah, blahing it? Or are we really going to apply it to this guy too? Like, get away, Kyle. Go to a thatched hut in Tahiti, want something with stilts in the water, and just get off your phone and be one with nature. I I think that that puts another win on the the 49ers next season win total right there. A good Kyle Shanahan vacation. Am I the only one rooting for a good Shanahan vacation? Probably. That's the sip of the day right there. Again, got up a little early this morning. Coffee went on a little earlier. Everything's a little accelerated. Um, Sip of the day right there. Not as aggressive As Tuesday's sip of the day, which I believe we led the show off with. It was an unprecedented move. But there you go, sip of the day. And it's a really, really good one. Um, Speaking of getting all your ducks in a row before these big decisions need to happen, uh, our friend, my friend, Kyle Madsen, who uh, writes the uh, Niner Wire USA Today column, Uh, said that the 49ers announced two changes in their front office to replace the loss of assistant general manager Adam Peters, who took the gig with the Washington Commanders. Instead of using one person to fill Peters' shoes, San Francisco promoted Tyreek Ahmad and R.J. Gillen to director of player personnel. So I guess they have directors of player personnel. Now, the first thing you want to do is say, well, if you need two, two directors of player personnel means you don't really have one. But I would say that that is it's an easy lever to grab on and pull. I don't think it really applies here. Both of these guys have been working hand in hand together as uh, as as scouts and as college scouts and regional scouts. As a matter of fact, Ahmed has been with the team for over a decade and Gillen has been there the last nine seasons. I'm not going to tell you that I know much about each guy, what they've done, what decisions they've got their fingerprints on, but stability is what you're looking for. You want to find some stability out there. And hopefully this is the stability that the 49ers need to keep a very, very important offseason on the right track. Adam Peters going to be missed. There's no doubt about that. But hopefully these two guys can fill the upcoming void 
with their work. Um, speaking of big decisions happening, it's not just for the 49ers. There are big decisions happening all over. The combine, the draft that's coming. Apparently, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are emerging as the number one trade candidate and partner for the Chicago Bears if the Bears are really moving on from starting quarterback Justin Fields. The Falcons have contacted the Bears about Fields. This is a story on NBC. So, okay. Um, Caleb Williams, I hope you got a winter coat because it sounds more and more like you are going to be the number one pick of the draft and you're going to be a Chicago Bear, which historically, for any and all quarterbacks that that's ever fallen upon, it's like a death sentence. There, there is no team in football who is worse at quarterbacks than the Chicago Bears. So maybe that'll change historically, probably not. But there you go. There is the big this could happen. Big decision could set up how the NFL draft really plays out. The Atlanta Falcons are interested in getting into business with Justin Fields, which is hardly a testament to... Uh, the season that Ritter had. Not a very good year. Uh, speaking of big decisions, I can help you make one right here, right now. Go to lunch at Ike's. Wherever you are, there's probably an Ike around you if you're watching this on the West Coast. Not too far away from you, hopefully. Ike's has got nearly 100 restaurants now. The sandwiches are just simply outstanding, and you need to find out for yourself. If you haven't eaten at Ike's, I need you to eat at Ike's. I need you to download the Ike's Rewards app. Start earning your way towards free sandwiches, and if you want to be a hero to your own stomach, go to lunch at Ike's. If you want to be a hero in your own office, check out Ike's Catering and how reasonable it is to feed an entire office sandwiches that they will turn around and say, hey, thanks, boss. That wasn't just some ham and cheese. That was like really good. That was a great sandwich. Get yourself a sandwich at Ike's. Do it today and tell them that Damon sent you. Um, the report card for Ike sandwiches, lots of A's and A pluses on that one. Speaking of A's and A pluses on report cards. We've got the National Football League Players Association. Over 17, 1,800 players participated in grading NFL teams in a number of different categories, spanning from how you treat my, my diet, the kind of weight room that I got to work out in, how training table is, uh, how, how I feel about the coach, how I feel about the owner, how you treat my family when they're around on game day. Some interesting stuff. Interesting feedback. And it's all made public, although anonymous all the way around. Um, it's all made public because the NFLPA publishes the actual results of asking players their report cards. And as you might expect or suspect, uh, the 49ers did very, very well. What you might not expect is that the team that has won back-to-back -back Super Bowls graded out the worst. So the whole, if you have a good grade, what, you've just lost a Super Bowl, and if you've won back-to-back -back Super Bowls, you get an F- minus for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll get into why and 
what a bunch of prima donnas it feels like we got some in that Chiefs locker room. But anyways, um, there are two teams that got A-plus grades. Two teams that got A-plus grades, the way that they're treated by owners, coaches, the facilities, everything, all the accoutrement of being an NFL player is through the roof when it comes to being a Miami Dolphin or a Minnesota Viking. Now, the Vikings have facilities that are apparently second to none. I mean, they are just the best facilities. The Dolphins have put an awful lot of money into their facilities and into their team. Stephen Ross has put together a very good football team, and players have noticed, and players are happy that they're treated well down in Miami. I think that that could be a little bit of a lifestyle thing that is affecting that grade as well. Um, But the Dolphins are a rising team that matters again. And Stephen Ross, um, there might be an awful lot to dislike about him, but being an NFL owner, his players are saying he's done a very good job. The Eagles, Broncos, Ravens, Packers, and surprisingly, the Jacksonville Jaguars all graded out with A's, solid A's. Now, the Jaguars are interesting because they, under the Urban Meyer regime, which didn't last very long, were way at the back of the pack of grading out well. Now they are one of the best grades. It's amazing what happens when you cut out the cancer, isn't it? Um, So Jaguars really rising there. Packers have always had a reputation for being great to their players. Av has the Ravens, the Broncos, the Eagles uh, are all getting A's. A-minuses for the Falcons, the Bills, and the 49ers. The 49ers come up short in one category, and it's a category that we've talked about a little bit. Um, You know, say whatever you want about the stadium. Uh, The stadium has provided the team with a good locker room for sure, but their actual facilities? Uh, The 49ers' actual facilities in which the players practice on, train in, lift weight in, get their physical therapy in, don't even measure up to some Texas high school football facilities like Indiana University, my alma mater, one of the 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 premier doormat of major college football, Indiana's weight room blows away the San Francisco 49ers who basically have a tin shed. Now, it's a nice tin shed. But it is hardly the most state-of-the-art thing you've ever seen. It might have a lot of state-of-the-art equipment, but just the actual shed that they train. It's a shed. It's a shed. It's it, it looks like where a greenskeeper would keep all of the stuff that they needed to maintain a golf course. It's not some state-of-the-art facility. It's a shed. It's a tin shed. Um... But when it comes to treatment of families, 49ers get an A minus. Food in the cafeteria, 49ers get an A minus. The food should be great out here in the Bay Area. Nutritionist, they get a B plus. Locker room, B plus. Training room, they get a C. For a staff, it's a B minus. Shanahan graded very well. Jed York graded very, very well. So the 49ers. Forget about what I say, forget about what you say, forget about what fans or anyone in the media says. The players in the NFL have voted. The 49ers are a very good organization to be a part of. Um, Other 
categories. Working conditions. Now, what working conditions is a lot of things, right? You can put a lot of different topics into the bucket of working conditions. Um, the Miami Dolphins graded out at number one. At 32, we have the Washington Commanders. Head coach, even though the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs got crushed in a lot of other places by their own players, Andy Reid gets an A-plus as a head coach. Uh, dead last was Josh McDaniels of the Raiders. So he was hated, and he's no longer even in the room. Willing to invest owners. Stephen Ross, number one with the Miami Dolphins. At number 32, this is Clark Hunt and the Kansas City Chiefs. And a lot of the Chiefs' acrimony about the F-minus grade is that apparently the entire team, after the first Super Bowl in these back-to-back -back Super Bowls, was told, you're going to get a new locker room. We are going to redo the facility, and you're going to get a brand-new locker room by the time you come back for next season. Well, the Chiefs showed up this season, and the only thing they got were new chairs. That's it. Oh, the poor Kansas City Chiefs only got new chair. I mean, what they did, so did, did the only guy that they poll here about the Dolphins and the Chiefs was what Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I love the Dolphins, hate the Chiefs. Look, um, I, I, it is funny that the Chiefs would grade out so poorly, and it's also a little bit of a of a dunking on yourself. Like, what good is the opinion? of all of these NFLPA players saying the Kansas City Chiefs are the worst at this when they've won back-to-back -back Super Bowls. It obviously means you bunch of pampered pussies are bigger, delicate flowers than you claim to be. I mean, that's really what this is. I want nicer facilities. Seems to be the crux of the biggest complaints in Kansas City. When it comes to... Bad teams just have bad practices. And I don't know, I mean like just bad business practices, I guess. Um, the Bengals got three F minuses. The way that they treat families, F minus. Like, what are you doing to players' families to get an F minus? Uh, families, nutrition. That makes an awful lot of sense. First of all, you're in the Midwest where the official state bird is a side of ranch dressing. Um, you, you, uh, you have a city in Cincinnati that is so culinarily devoid of ideas, they'd lump chili on spaghetti and call it cuisine. So you're in the wrong place for any element of nutrition or food to begin with. And then the locker room got a D plus, but an F minus for food, nutrition, and families for the Cincinnati Bengals with a D plus for a locker room. The Steelers got a great grade for Mike Tomlin. Everything else was suspect, including getting an F minus in treatment of families. Again, what the fuck? Are you doing to players' families to get an F minus? The Chargers, it was revealed, on game day will have a room for your family, but if you want to leave a kid in that room, you got to pay like $75 for the first kid and 50 bucks for all subsequent children. I mean, maybe it's 
Los Angeles Charger daycare prices that have allowed the NFL salary cap to grow by $30 million. But that just how that wouldn't be gratis to me is just I don't know. Um, the Arizona Cardinals got a D plus for families. Again, what are you doing to make guys say my wife and kids were treated so bad on game day? I'm giving you a D plus. I'm giving you an F minus for family treatment. That's just terrible. The commanders got four F's, but you know what? I'm kind of giving them a mulligan on this one because the commanders have an awful lot of mopping up to do from the single worst 20-year tenure of NFL ownership we're ever going to see in our lifetimes. Like, that's how bad Daniel Snyder was at all of this. So it's going to take a while for the Washington commanders to dig themselves out of, you know, Villa del Snyder. Um, so they get a little bit of a mulligan on that, but... Cardinals performed terribly. Steelers performed terribly. The New England Patriots performed terribly. Awful lot of young players said that they didn't like Bill Belichick. Well, guess what? Bill Belichick didn't like you guys either. He wasn't there to be your friend. He was there to be your coach. (laughs) I love this stuff. Pretty funny. Pretty funny, these grades coming out. And what is, I just think, like, what's the whole point of this exercise? If the worst graded team in football just won back-to-back Super Bowls, what good are the grades? What good are the grades? If you've proven that your players will just bitch and moan about anything regardless of the level of success that they're enjoying with a particular franchise. I mean, I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to say or mean. I just know some of these players look like delicate little ass flowers. I mean, what's going on? So we are going to have a little club plus for you here in just a little while, but, uh, warriors, who we said had a mandate. Warriors had a mandate. It was beat the Washington Wizards or we're not going to talk about you again. Well, they beat the Washington Wizards. Like everyone in the NBA beats the Washington Wizards. The Warriors did that too. Curry needed a late scoring burst to finish with 18 points. Clay led the Warriors with 25 off the bench. I guess that's a good sign. It looked like he and Chris Paul uh, made up a pretty good second backcourt. Um, Draymond Green, zero punches, six points, eight assists, eight rebounds. Considering uh, Jordan Poole's out there. And by, by dude, Jordan Poole, <laughs> dude, there's, there's no getting better with that guy. Uh, 12 points, five assists, six turnovers from Jordan Poole coming off the bench. Moses Moody, not only did he get rare minutes, he got the ultra rare start. And that's because Andrew Wiggins was DNP Family Matters. Don't know what's going on there. Um, But the Warriors shot 46% from three. They win the first game of their four-game East Coast swing. Chris Paul in his first game back in a long time was plus 17 off the bench. That's what you're looking for out of Chris Paul. 21-6-5 for Kaminga. 
Uh, Tyus Jones with 17 assists for the Wizards. So that gets a gold star for, for Tyus Jones. The Warriors are now three games over 500. They take on the Knicks at MSG on Thursday evening. Now, the Knicks are having a good season, but they're not in a good stretch right now. So this could be the right time for the Warriors to catch them. New York is just three and seven in its last 10 games. Meanwhile, the good folks who come out to MSG are paying the kind of prices where they want to show Steph Curry is one of the best shows still in the NBA. I know that. You know that. We're lucky enough to be able to watch him. Knicks fans wish that they had been able to watch this guy their entire uh, lives. Had he been a New York Knick, you and I would hate Steph Curry because he would be so shoved down our throat. Um, if he had been doing this in New York, it would have been it would have been it would have been rough on everyone. But because he gets to do it for the Golden State Warriors, there's still an element of charm and surprise and not over-covered uh, like he would have been in New York. But, man, you want to talk about a show right now? Steph Curry in clutch time has been putting on a show. He has been the best moment of clutch in the NBA. Unfortunately, the Warriors have a terrible record in clutch games, and that's everybody else's fault. It's not Steph's. Saw this on Stat Mamba. There's a lot of new stat sites popping up. Stat Muse, Warriors Muse. Now I got a Stat Mamba. Okay, sure. Um, Steph Curry. Right now in the NBA is first in clutch. So clutch, by the way, is a game that is within five points with five minutes left in it. Curry is first in clutch points, first in clutch field goals, first in clutch threes, first in points trailing in the clutch. He's first in field goals made trailing in the clutch. He's first in three-pointers made trailing in the clutch. He's first a go-ahead shot, uh, go-ahead shots in the final minute of a game, and he's first in go-ahead shots in the final 10 seconds of a game. In other words, first name Stefan, last name Curry. This guy is still, at his ripe old age, one of the greatest individual and collective team forces in the NBA. What the Golden State Warriors would be without Steph Curry this year is, I don't know, they'd, they'd, be, they'd be kicking around 12, 13, 14 wins without this guy. I mean, seriously, there is an argument that he is still the MVP of this league. He's certainly the MVP of the Warriors. But I mean, if there's if there's one, what is one guy's effect on a team due to that team? I don't know if anybody affects the play of their team more than Steph Curry affects the Golden State Warriors. Guy's just unbelievable. And he wasn't even good in Washington. But he still scrambled down the end to finish with 18 points, and he had a good fourth quarter when the Warriors needed a good fourth quarter. They almost let go of the rope against the Wizards. Almost. Didn't quite happen, which is good. So, it is great to have you here. Hump Day, as it's known in the world, in the Plus universe, this is officially Humo Day. It's amazing what a typographical error, error will do to affect the outcome of, of a show. Um, it was wonderful to have you listening to the podcast all month long, February, a month where I did not think it would happen, but there were so many downloads of the podcast around Super Bowl time that that carried us to the single most listened to month 
of the podcast that I've been doing for almost a year now. Almost a year. We're coming up on some important dates. We're coming up on day I got laid off from the radio. That date is coming up in early March. We're going to be getting to the first video posted on YouTube, to the first routine shows that began on YouTube. Um, There's an awful lot of personal milestones that will be coming up in the month of March and April. And in the month of March and April, you get what spring training wrapping up you get the NCAA tournament you get opening day you get Damon's birthday a lot of March birthdays if you want to know why there's a lot of March birthdays there's a lot of June weddings which means there's a lot of June fucking which means you get nine months down the road from junior in March and that's where that's that's what's going on so um thank you Thank you for allowing this channel to have so much success. Thank you for allowing this podcast to have so much success. You are a huge part of any success that I might be enjoying, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And to prove that I really appreciate your time, I'm never going to waste it. So while we get into Club Plus here on YouTube, everyone listening on this record podcast download in the month of February... Uh, I say thank you so very, very, very much. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he is gone.